This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Hey, a very pleasant third podcast of the week to you. I'm Rich Herrera, the executive producer of the Boone Podcast. It's our third favorite podcast we put out weekly here. Well, turning two with Booney, big guest on Monday, big guest on Wednesday, and then Friday, it's me and Brett Boone discussing the week and talking about what it's like to be Brett Boone. Brett Boone, how are you? I'm doing good. You said third favorite. I don't know. It might be my favorite because I'm out of the hot seat, Rich. I'm out of the <laughs> hot seat. So Yeah, but I like, listen, the, the, the shows we had the other day, I was talking with somebody who goes, oh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite player as a kid growing up. He goes, you, you know, Brett Boone. I said, yeah, he just Jr. just came on the podcast. I do, the third, I do the third favorite podcast with him every week. So I thought Muscleman, that was pretty strong. I like it. And as you know, I, I kind of like getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. Love the baseball players. Don't get me wrong, but but that's what my life has been always it's always been baseball and we can talk anything you want baseball wise. And, and it's kind of effortless for me, but get me out of my comfort zone a little right. bit. It's kind of a challenge and I'm not the biggest NC two a basketball guy, but uh, Eric had a, he, he had an interesting story because he had that family tie as his yeah. father coming before him. And to me, the interesting part about it was look at his resume. I mean, he went from college assistant to college head head coach to NBA assistant to NBA head coach. The biggest, the coolest thing I thought in the way he explained it, I won't give it away. How is it to go from a head NBA coach to a college assistant coach? Right. You think, you know, layman terms, you'd think, wow, what a downgrade. How humiliating. But but his answer will surprise a lot of people. Really cool to, to catch up with Eric. Well, the one thing about our game of baseball, and I'll say our game because I've worked in the game for 30 years, that there's so many ups and downs and it's a game predicated upon failure. And 
it, it for normal people, regular life, you get knocked down like Musselman did. You go from NBA head coach to out of the league, having to work your way back up through the minor leagues um, in baseball, or in his case, assistant college coach. There's a lot of people that just wouldn't be able to do that. And the thing with baseball is, and you know it, it's great when you get called back, get called to the big leagues, but when you get sent back down, you can either get bitter or you can get better if you want to get back up. And a lot of people aren't able to get knocked on their rear end and get back up and keep fighting. A similar story to his was when we had Brian Snitger, the skipper of the Atlanta yeah. Braves on. He's been in that organization over 40 years. He he was there for the Bobby Cox days and he said, Brett, you know, I went from minor league guy to a big league coach, back to the minor leagues, back to being a big league coach over a 40 year period. And he said, you know, I, I thought in my own mind that that my chance to manage in the big leagues had come and gone, but I was OK with it because I just love this game. And, I, and, and then he said, lo and behold, I get a phone call out of the blue uh, a few years back, offered me the head. Uh, to be the manager of the Atlanta Braves and, and look what they've done in the last five years, won a world championship, won, you know, won a world championship. They've been winning that division every year, almost going back to the dynasty of the nineties. And I, I think Brian Snitker deserves a lot of pra uh, praise for that. And, and he gave a lot of credit to, to Bobby Cox and how he did it. And he learned and, but it was a, it was a similar journey in the baseball arena. Well, I mean, think about this. Drew Maggi, we talked about him last week, got called up to the big leagues, got his first big league hit, right? Yeah. Got optioned back down to double A. Um, he's got to learn how to have that highest of highs. Now you get sent back down. A lot of people would be embarrassed. Oh, you were just a big leaguer. Look, now you're back over here. But it takes something a little bit different, uh, some intestinal fortitude to be able to, to go from what Brian Snitker, hey, I was a big league coach. Now I'm riding the buses. We'll yeah. ever get back up there again. Maji's got to do it. You had to do it when you got sent we down. All, we all have to do it. And and you got to humble yourself. And believe me, I was a I was a pain in the neck. I got sent down. Was? Three, yeah. <laughs> I got sent down three times. We call it the shuttle. I was on that shuttle in the minor leagues. And they told me I was the heir apparent. You know, I was the second baseman for the Seattle Mariners for the next 15 years. And all of a sudden, Lou, Lou Pinella had different ideas. He was going to teach me. And I went down and I got called up and, and I got sent down and I got called up and I got sent down and I got mad. And, you know, I remember having talks with my with my dad and it comes back to this. It's, it's a life experience. Life is not always fair because some of the times I got sent down, I didn't deserve to get sent down. Right. But that was it was a numbers game. And we all get tougher from it. We look back, we're better for it, but man, it is tough to do. Everybody can't do it. Uh, and it's a gut check because you go, you do go to the minor leagues and those guys in AAA look at you like, Oh geez, you're coming down. Are you ever going to get go up again? And, and the advice I give to young players all the time, because our first gut instinct, especially if it's kind of unwarranted is, is anger. How can you send me down for this? You know, and, and that attitude and taking your time to get to AAA and going through the motions. The next thing you know, you're struggling in AAA. My advice always is because I've been through it. I've lived it is go down and make it impossible for them not to call you back up. Do so well, because believe me, those big league guys, they're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the reports every night from the minor leagues. Who's doing what? And, and you overwhelm them. That's the way you do it, because. All of a sudden, in their minds, they're thinking, wow, I expected him to go down, mope around for a few days and get around to it. 
this kid went down and got after it right away. It's impressive. It impresses the big boys in the big leagues and the executives. And at the same time, uh, you're doing well. So, yeah, it's a tough thing. That's why Major League Baseball, you know, and, and you hear people time to time, oh, they're overpaid and this and that. I just – you got to walk in the shoes of not, not your typical minor, not your minor leaguer. That's a first round pick gets to the big leagues in right. two years as a superstar and rides off into the sunset. That's very rare. Uh, most of the minor leagues, you fight to get there and that's, that's not going to be the, you're not going to stay there on the first time. Rich, we talked about Rich Emerald, Rich Emerald, unbelievable, great player in AAA for a long time. Great teammate. All of a sudden got his shot busted that door down and got and, and had a five-year career when he was probably looking at it in the vein of I'm 30 years old. I'm a triple a, I'm never going to be a big leaguer. And next thing you know, he gets five years in the big leagues, cool stories like that. And when I hear people say you're over, I, I said, you've got to live that life. These guys in triple a, they're 26, 27, 28 years old. They have families that they've got to They've got to support. They've got to go give hitting lessons in the offseason. And the guys that stick it out and get rewarded and end up having a career in Major League Baseball, uh, a lot goes into that because the, the superstar rise to fame, yeah, that's for, for, a, for a unique few. But most of the big leaguers really got to fight and claw and, and give their whole life to this game. I did games in AAA twice. I did it for the Tucson Sidewinders and the Durham Bulls, and I was surprised – when they'd have the Sunday family potlucks and the fans and the, the boosters would come and I'd see the families. I'm like, these kid these guys have kids that are 10, 12 years old. Yeah. I mean, they're, these are, these are real full grown adults. So yep. it's something special. All right. Uh, let's get into the podcast. Oh, by the way, what is new in Brett Boone's life? Last, let's see, two weeks ago, you, one of your one of your sons lost his keys, and you had to have a locksmith come over, and you found, hey, look, I found my championship ring from the Atlanta Braves. That's right in the safe. In the, in the safe. safe. Uh, last week, one of your sons uh, backed his car into his mom's garage. Garage so doors fixed. He's he's got restrictions on the car usage. Uh, he's paying it off with it, with his job. He, he gives me a he gives me a check biweekly. That's how he gets paid. So we're on the road to recovery there. Uh, this week, Rich. Wait, I, wait, hold on, hold on. Did did does, did you remind Bob or did he remind you about you taking his car and wrecking the transmission? Uh, no, Dad, shoot, he's 74 now. He doesn't remember that. I love that story. That yeah. was the best story you've ever told on this podcast. Yeah, he, he's, uh, yeah, he, he won't remember that. Mom will. Mom I'm going to remind Sue about yeah. that. All right. So what, what's been going on at the Boone household this week? Nothing. Went Took a trip to see an old teammate of mine and uh, took my first helicopter trip, Rich. It was interesting to say the least, but uh, went back to, to Oklahoma City. Ryan Franklin is a where, teammate where of mine. Where are you riding a helicopter? Well, you know, I kind of briefed you a little bit on it. No, it, I, it was I, a I funny, want, it, funny story. Funny story. I, I Ryan Franklin calls me about a month ago. Hey, I'd love you to come out for this charity Ryan, event. You nicknamed Bonnie. He's been on the show before. Correct. Former relief pitcher with the Seattle. Uh, right. Former closer with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so I go out. You know, I'm going to support Bonnie. That's the nickname. In his Bonnie. big golf tournament. And I said, Bonnie, I'll come. So anyway, I get on a flight. I, I arrive there and, and uh, I text him. I said, who's picking me up? Who's taking me to the hotel? You know, I got there the night before the tournament. 
And he said, my buddy Jason's picking you up this and that. I get a text from Jason. It's all, you know, it's typical when you go on a trip. Yeah. Somebody's picking you up. You're going to a tournament. So for the for, for, for everybody else, you know, we go look for the rental car. Boone's standing there and the guy's holding up a sign saying, boom. No sign. No sign. He okay. said, I'll be parked downstairs. I'll be parked out in, in uh Right, right. It's a small, it's a small airport. Just right, it's right outside, right, right, where, where, you, where your family pick you up when you, right. So anyway, he's there, shake his hand. Seems like a nice guy. Get in the car. He said, Hey, it's about an hour and a half trip to out to the golf course and where you're staying tonight. He said, but, but I think we should take the helicopter. And I kind of looked at him and laughed and, and he said, yeah, that's what we're going to do because it takes about 11 minutes in the helicopter. So he makes a phone call. Next thing you know, we're on the private side of the airport. We go on, you know, it's where all the private jets are. And I've, I've never been in a helicopter. And I see You've this never thing. Been in a helicopter? I'm expecting to see Air Force One, you know, big helicopter. Marine this One. Thing's like, this thing, Marine One. This is like a tinker toy. It looks like I put it together and I said, we're flying in that. And he goes, he looks at me, he said, yeah. And I'm playing it cool, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Let me let me go over this. Ryan wouldn't put me with a guy that wasn't safe. I said, how long have you been flying? He said, about 20, 25 years. I said, okay, I guess that's it. I look up. It's a clear day. There's not there's no wind. Uh, maybe a little breeze from the north. I get in this helicopter, and I, and I kind of thought to myself, well, what am I going to do here? If, if this is the way it ends, <laughs> this is the way it ends. It's going to be a heck of a story. I get in the front seat and, you know, he gives me my earphone so I can listen to what's going on. And this is when it was really funny. He's talking to the tower. Now, I'm, I live in San Diego and, uh, you know, most cities in the country, you don't just fly a helicopter wherever you want to go. You know, it's like if we're going golfing, I don't just take the helicopter to my friend's house, pick him up and land at the course. That's kind of against the rules. But he's talking to the tower and they're saying, okay, give it, give us two minutes. We've got a, you know, uh, a plane taken off runway three. So all of a sudden he gets the go ahead. All right. Boop, 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 uh, Air go Force up. five. We've got Brett Boone in here. He needs to get to the golf course. Yeah. Can you please uh, make sure no, you no. clear him for takeoff? So we get up in the, we get up in the air and he goes, uh, Booney, he goes, do you mind if we pick up my girlfriend on the way? And I'm like, what do you mean pick up your girlfriend? Where, is she going to be at a hangar or at the airport? He goes, no, she's at my house. What do you, what do you I said, an Uber? You have an Uber of helicopters? I said, what do you, you just drop the helicopter down? He goes, yeah, they, and we're in Oklahoma City. Remember that. We can kind of do whatever we want. He, so he gets clearance from the tower. They're like, yeah, go ahead. You're clear. He pulls into his backyard. His girlfriend comes out like, honey, I left the roast. It'll be done in five hours. And she jumps in the helicopter. Lovely oh, girl. I've done that before where I've hit the wrong Uber button and I've got an um, Uber shared. Un unbelievable. So you're a helicopter airport. shared. Takes me to, to my hotel. He calls ahead. They have cones. Uh, you know, look, they got the guy out there with the with the wands. And uh, we, we've got Brett Boone coming in. And, uh, in well, his, and, and it, wasn't even about, it wasn't even about Brett Boone. I think this guy's a bigger, he's a bigger celebrity than me in he's Oklahoma City. He can go anywhere he wants to go. And he told me, he said, during COVID, he said, there's a world famous chicken place in Oklahoma City. It's about Ocean's a fried chicken. It's about 50 minute drive from his house. And he said, during COVID, he said, we, we, I, you know, he ended up having a relationship with the owner. He said he would take his helicopter. They'd have a parking spot for him. He'd land, get the chicken, bring it home. And he said on the way home, he would drop chicken in his buddy's backyard on a rope. So he'd just hover, drop it, hover like a delivery service. Interesting, fascinating, funny. I, I went to the tourney.
uh, after the tournament. Are you hanging out with MacGyver? He's got chicken on a rope. He's taking it's, you. No, it was great. So I yeah. we, we do the tourney. I go to Ryan's house. Okay. Uh, I get a ride. Now we're in a car. It's about five minutes from the golf course, and I'm going to go over and see Ryan and his family. I haven't seen him in, in years. Pull up. You know, pull in Ryan's gates and a bunch of cars, a bunch of activity going on. He had kind of a little after party. There's the helicopter parked in his front yard. And I went, this guy just goes wherever he wants to go. It was it was classic. Have, have it was you a seen, first you, for me. It was fun. Have you seen Jack Ryan on? Uh, yes, Prime? I have. All, all, all I, I think it's three seasons. Yeah, three seasons. Three. You're yeah, like good show. You're like the Jack Ryan character when the Coast Guard comes and gets him from the party where he first meets his wife. Rich, let's not say I'm like Jack Ryan. This is a this was a one time thing. Like I said, first helicopter. Um, excuse me, are you uh, former Gold Glover Brett Boone? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have orders to take your car back to your house and uh, national security to jump on the helicopter. It was very cool. Very cool. Fun. Right. That, that, there was my week. Who played in the tourney? Uh, a couple teammates. Uh, Arthur Rhodes was there. Was a we talked about him. He gave up setup the guy. Jason Isringhausen, uh, Is the clo closer for St. Louis Cardinals. Izzy and myself, uh, we started off, he was a Met starter, ended his career as a, as a pretty uh, power bullpen arm and, right. and uh, saves leader one year, but uh, he's going to come on the podcast. Played with John Daly was there. I didn't play with him, but I hung out with him for about 24 hours. That was an experience. And I'll tell you, awesome, awesome guy. I mean, you could tell just a kind, kind man had tons of stories. He wanted to hear baseball stories. I wanted to hear, you know me, I, I don't I care hear. about baseball. I want to hear golf stories. I want him on he, the podcast. He gave me a little, oh, he's coming on. I gave him a little, uh, I gave him a little baseball hitting lesson. He wanted to know about weight shift. And, and he he's was a huge, he's a huge Cardinals fan. Yeah. And he was giving me a golf tip and I, I, we got a video of me on the tee box and I show it to him. He goes, you're swaying. Right away, he goes, you're swaying. I said, what do you mean? And he got up and he kind of, he said, that back leg, it doesn't go this way. It goes, it's a turn. You start doing that, you're going to add 30 yards to your drive. I said, well, then I'm going to hit it 380. And he kind of looked at me like, <laughs> I've never played golf with him. But uh, no, it was cool. Johnny was was a great guy. We're going to have him on uh, sometime in the next week. So that should be entertaining. And, and like I said, good guy, uh, does a lot of of charity work and, and does a lot of good for a lot of people i found that in just the brief time i spent with him i mean he was on the phone here and there i mean he's buying wheelchairs for for oh he's tremendous i, I mean he's he he was really heart of gold it was a lot of fun too a lot of fun take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm going to go off script here for a second. Do you mind? Go ahead. <laughs> you're not smiling. You're not, you don't look like you're what's off script. How well, bad go down it, this round? I, how bad said, could it be? Something you said on the podcast. Again, you know, I'm the executive producer of this podcast. Well, so I got to make sure I keep you within the, within the lane. You said something on, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that 
I've I've asked a couple of my friends about, and I wanted to re-ask you this because you just said this in passing. I said, okay. Brett, have you ever been afraid in your in your life? Have you ever been in terror in your life? I was just taught you were saying, you know, hey, how many times have you flown this helicopter? That would scare me getting in a helicopter. I've ridden in a helicopter before when I was a kid. Um, it's fun, but you know, I'd probably be scared. But I asked you. Have you ever been afraid before in your life? And you flippantly told me no. And I've asked a bunch of people like, hey, when was the last time you were afraid? And everybody kind of gives me you know, a car accident, this, that, that this. And I want to go back and ask you one more time. Has Brett Boone ever been afraid in his life? Afraid in his life in a serious vein? Yes, but I'm thinking when I was a little kid. Okay. Uh Little kid, I was living in New Jersey. I had a mini bike, not a motorcycle. You know, my buddies had RM80s, YZ80s. That was the Yamaha version. Right. I forget the Kawasaki version, but but I'll tell you, as a little kid, 8, 10 years old, I, I lived in a, a suburb of uh, South Jersey called Medford. Okay. A lot of, lot of motorcycle riding, but my dad would never get me like a real motorcycle. He got me a, smart. He got me a mini bike you know, with the lawnmower engine. So it kind of had a governor on it. Couldn't go too fast. You know, I get teased by my buddies that had real motorcycles. But anyway, we had a place called the pits where it was kind of a garbage dump, but that's where you rode your motorcycle and you went down and up and, you know, where motorcycle guys go. So I took the mini bike to the pits and there's a house right off the property. And apparently I was on his property and, uh, my mini bike stalling, something, I don't know, spurting oil out because that's what happened to that stupid thing all the time. I take it places where I wasn't supposed to take it, trying to be a real motorcycle guy. Guy came on to the porch with a gun, didn't point it at me, but kind of gave me the get off my property. Now, I'm eight, nine years old. Like I said, didn't point the gun at me, but had a gun. Right. I got that sucker started and got home. Now, were you lipping off? No, no. I didn't okay. say a word. I was scared. You asked me if I was ever yeah. scared. I was scared. I went home, told my dad, my dad, we didn't take, the, we didn't take the motorcycle back or anything. We walked to that gentleman's door and my father had a word with him and that was it. But that, that's one time I, I was, uh, I was scared. So okay. yes, the answer is I have been scared before on the field, uh, other than, other than striking out four times in, against the Houston Astros the I believe the only time I did in my career and I don't know if it it qualifies as scared scared for your life but I'll tell you I was twitching in the dugout like I was starting to develop <laughs> develop a tick because it wasn't you know it's not like uh Nolan Ryan struck me out four times and I was overmatched it was I I forget who the strikeouts were against but it's like I was getting 2-0 heaters down the middle and I was swinging through them like like I was seeing double and I remember going I I don't swing through balls like this sometimes I foul them off but I don't completely miss 90 92 mile an hour cookies down the middle and I struck out four times golden sombrero and I didn't know what to do like I I it's like I, I can't hit the ball and I remember Barry Larkin struck out four times in the same game 
and he was hitting in front of me and he went up for his fifth at bat and he got like game winning hit. I didn't have to hit. It was the most relieved I've ever been. I went home that night and I sat in my room. I thought, how am I going to recover from this? And uh, it's almost probably like getting the shanks in golf. Yeah. Get the shanks. You shank another one. You shank another one. If you're on tour, you know, that was Thursday, but you got to go play Friday. Are you going to get rid of the shanks Friday? It's like, am I going to be seeing double tomorrow? Came out the next day. I was fine. (laughs) Have you ever had a day while you were playing when you just, you, you just didn't have it. You were just having a bad day. You couldn't see the ball very well. There was more than one day. I mean, so what do you do when you just know this ain't um, my day? You find a way, you know, it, it, it. it's what you do for a living. Uh, so with experience comes almost, uh, they're almost innate. Like, you know how to, when, when you ain't got it, you know, there's an emergency mode that you have to go to, to compete. Now, if I go with my regular stance here today and my regular swing and my regular, uh, you know, high level velocity swing. That's not going to work today. I, as you get older, you use, you learn to recognize that. And instead of fighting through it and and continuing to do the same thing with the same result, something takes over and it's like, okay, I know when this happens because of past experiences, I know how to survive today. So, so I, I can ping it around. I might mix a walk in that day and a knock where when I was 23 years old, it's an automatic 0 for 4. But you got to find a way to survive. I tell young kids all the time today, don't let that slump, because we're all, hitting is so hard. I don't care how good you are. Don't let that, don't go 0 for 15. Right. Go 0 for 6 and recognize. If you've got a big leg kick and you're 0 for 6 and it ain't working, it's time to cut that leg kick down and go into survival mode. Two Continue, right. Continue to practice. Now, when that leg kick comes back and you're all on time again, now you can go back to playing. But in the meantime, you got to find a way to not go 0 for, 0 for 15, maybe go 3 for 15 when you're not seeing the ball well. At the end of the year, if you have a couple strings like that, it'll make a huge difference. Somebody used to tell me if you're hitting, you're walking. If you're in a slump and you draw a hit, at least it's not an out, it's not a first strikeout, all, Rich, it's not a pop-up. First of all, you don't draw hits, you draw walks. What I, oh, a, I'm sorry. Get a you knock. draw a walk. Sorry, I still got to hit in your walk. lingo. You got a knock. Know. All right. Hey, listen, I was hunting fastballs. Yeah, you no, you don't hunt fastballs. This is I, I, I hate how folks. I hate when people say I'm hunting a fastball. No, you hunt breaking balls, and you don't hunt them. You sit on them. Anyway, the new lingo. I, I'm having a big. I'm having a big problem recently with this sweeper. This sweeper word that everybody's using for like Otani's got a uh, curveball. It's a slurve, but now they're calling it the sweeper. And now people are using it like it's been around for a hundred years. Well, yeah, he's got a great sweeper who invented this word and who okayed it to just be part of the lingo. Now it's starting to bother me. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) no, I like it. I like it. A little bit of life advice from Brett Boone of, you know, how do you, how do you change things up in the middle? How do you reset yourself? Great hitters reset pitch to pitch good hitters at bat to at bat. Bad hitters, game to game. Yeah, I think so. I I think it really comes down, Rich, though, to experience. And and uh, what I what I found when I was young, man, I wish I could. You know, when I was thirty, I looked back and I thought, man, I wish I knew what I knew now when I was twenty three. Uh, but you wouldn't have listened to yourself. 
maybe not. Maybe we need to get our butt kicked in life 100%. before we really make a change and make an adjustment. And, and, you know, it, it is experience is, is so much a part of the game that as you, you know, you just kind of, as, as life goes on, as the seasons add up later in your career, when something happens, there's a good chance that's happened to you several times before, you know, what you did then. And if it wasn't a good adjustment, you know, that doesn't work. Oh, but it happened two years ago. I did this and it did work. So you, you just, it's life. It's knowledge. It's something that you've got to kind of go through it to, to find out how, how we make that adjustment. And it's, it's cool when you find out it is cool. Uh, and I, and I find it neat now to be able to look back at, at everything I went through in my career, you know, everything changed me and usually for the better going through it but it, it was fun for me at 30 to look back at myself at 23 and laugh and at 35 look at myself at 30 and laugh i thought i had it licked and at 35 i'm sitting there going well now you know i'm worldly i know everything i've been in the big leagues for 14 years and i've seen and done everything and then at 45 i look at that guy and go he had no clue what's coming you know 54 now i'm able to look look back and, and uh, laugh at a lot of things. I'll probably be cracking up at this interview when I'm 70. So exactly. that's life. It's cool stuff. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.